Welcome to The Heart Zone, a podcast ministry of Kernsville Christian Church, featuring the teaching ministry of George Cannon. For more information about Kernsville Christian Church, visit us on the web at www.kernsvillechristian.org. And now, for a message from The Heart Zone, here's George. All right, guys, I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to the Psalms. We're going to pause from our normal study that we've been doing concerning the coming storm and understanding the issue of the end. We're going to today talk about prayer a little bit. And I think that's pretty fitting because we've been kind of focusing on prayer as a church here for the last month now, encouraging you to pray. In fact, let me kind of tell you what the prayer focus is this week. So if you came in, you saw a prayer focus card. And uh, so this week, the prayer focus is on missions. And so on the back of the card, you will see a list of the missionaries and mission groups that we support that are doing both local missions and missions overseas. Um, So, and how you can be praying for them is located on the front of the card. And we're asking you to set aside some time on Wednesday, 15 to 30 minutes, and to be praying about our missionaries. So we've been focusing on prayer. Now, I'm a realist because I know how we are, because I'm like you. When we pray, it's, it's really easy to get discouraged. Am I the only one who feels that way? I mean, we, we get discouraged sometimes in prayer. and Sometimes we, we give lip service to prayer, oh, I'll pray, and, but but the reality is, is that we, we struggle. So let me just kind of make a couple of points here as before we look into God's Word. Well, let me start with God's Word. I want you to look at Psalm 37, verse 4. I want you to notice what he says here. It's, it's a promise. And then I'm going to talk about why it's a struggle for us. Here's what he says. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. You guys know that verse? Pretty good promise, right? Now, here's a couple things I want to point out. First of all, the promise of answered prayer can be both encouraging and disappointing. It can be encouraging. Yes, that's encouraging. When you read that, if you're reading through the Psalms and you come to Psalm 37, which is my favorite Psalm, by the way, and you get to verse 4 and you see that promise there of, Man, if I delight myself in the Lord, he'll give me the desires of my heart. That's encouraging, right? But then it's also disappointing. Because then you go to prayer and you do pray about things that are the desires of your heart, but it seems like God doesn't answer. And Here's the next thing that happens. So unanswered prayer results in a crisis of faith concerning God's Word. Because maybe the first time you're like, okay, maybe the answer is no, but you've been praying about a lot of different things that are the desires of your heart, and it doesn't seem like God's answering. And so you really begin to have a crisis of faith. Now, you won't express that out loud, It's an internal thing. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's an internal reaction to the reality of, he didn't answer my prayer. 
So when you read passages again like Psalm 37, so when you read Psalm 37 verse 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. This time around, after seeing numerous times of, quote, your desires not being fulfilled by the Lord because you've been praying, you might be cynical inwardly. Oh, yeah, sure. Or you just kind of assume that, that there's no really no power there. You guys understand what I'm talking about? Am I the only one that wrestled like this through the years? I mean, I, I can share with you a deep, I mean, it's ingrained in my mind. You know, my, I told you my dad was uh, murdered when I was a young man, a new Christian. And I remember being in that uh, ministry house at the University of South Carolina. I lived in the attic. Okay, and, and I remember right after getting the news of my dad's death and around that same week of the funeral and everything, I remember being upstairs in the attic on Senate Street there, just down from the Capitol building at the University of South Carolina, and I was praying, and, and I, was, I, I was complaining to God. It's okay to complain to God, and I remember complaining to God and saying, Lord, I prayed for my dad's salvation. I don't understand. So, I mean, I understand we get disappointed and we wrestle with God's word because this doesn't make sense to us. So, you know, I, this in the last couple of weeks ago, I was, I was reading through the scriptures in Proverbs and uh, my mind was caught by something about the whole issue about the desires of man's hearts, man's hearts plans. And so that led me to come to this message that I want to bring you today. So I'm going to talk about the Lord and your heart's desires. Because you have them, right? I mean, if we're honest, we have heart's desires. We have heart's desires for our family. We have heart's desires for what we want to achieve out of life. We have heart's desires for even, let's just be real, what we want to accumulate, the stuff we want you have heart's desires, and, and you may not walk around with a t-shirt that says, these are my heart's desires. But you do pray about them in some form because you're asking God to meet those needs, right? But again, we've got that disappointment thing going on because we don't see answers. So I'm going to help us today. I'm going to talk a little bit about this. So let's, first of all, look at a few scriptures and talk about the nature of our hearts. Just so you know, we've got to talk about your heart, first of all. So when we talk about heart's desires and the Lord giving us the desires of our hearts, we've got to talk about the nature of our heart, okay? So here's what I want us to do. First of all, let's go to Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9, okay? And here's, here's what the prophet says about the heart. He says, the heart, are you ready for this? You might want to grab hold of the seat, okay, because it may be something you didn't realize. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? That's your heart. It's deceitful. It's sick. And who can truly understand our hearts? Now, I know that is contrary to what we like to say, because we'd like to say that we're all good, that everybody's born good, right? That everybody is got pure motives and everything, but 
The problem is, even for you, even as a believer, your heart is wicked. So you got to start there. So that, that has implications then for what your heart desires, right? I mean, you've got to admit, though, that, that sometimes um, that what we want isn't necessarily good. Or it may be good for us, but maybe it's not good for your family. Maybe it's not good for the people around you. Maybe it's not good in general. Maybe it's just plain, can we say it, selfish. But see, here's the problem with the heart. The heart can deceive itself that it would make your selfish desires, it can help you explain it away so that it's actually a good desire. Covered up with a lot of veneer, it just still is selfish. Did you understand what I'm saying? That's how desperately sick your heart is. So here's the point I want you to see, and we see this. It, this is the reality in James chapter 4, verse 3. He says, you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your own passions. So the Lord does not respond to our selfish prayers. Okay? The Lord doesn't respond to your selfish prayers. So sometimes, can I be honest with you, what you think is silence, what you think is maybe there's a problem with God's word, maybe the thing that you're wrestling with because you're having this crisis of faith about whether or not you could trust God's word, maybe the issue isn't that he's not answering you. I think God answers all the time, but sometimes the answer is, are you ready for this? No. But we've, we assume that he should be saying what? Yes. Maybe it's no. And sometimes it's even wait. So if we're going to talk about the Lord and our heart's desires, and especially this promise that we see in, in Psalm 37, verse 4, I think we've got to kind of understand our own hearts, Right? And uh, we're bent. Our hearts may not necessarily be good. So what do we do then? Well, before we get to what we do, I, I do need to talk to you a little bit about God's grace. Because here's the thing. The wonderful thing is, is the Lord knows you're bent. The Lord knows your heart's corrupt. How do I know that he knows it? Well, he spoke to the prophet and gave us what Jeremiah says, that the heart is deceitful and desperately sick. That came from the Lord. So the Lord understands that you are going to ask things, ask for things that, that aren't right, that are selfish, and, and so forth. So the Lord understands that. So, but we've got to understand a little bit of his grace here. So what do you mean? So I want you to notice with me, here's what he says in Proverbs verse 16, excuse me, chapter 16, verse 9. He said, he said this. Sorry, my notes. I forgot to put the verse in, but I can go to my Bible, which has it. Here it is, verse 19. 
Verse 9, excuse me. The heart of man plans his way. So there he's talking about man's heart. He plans his way. But the Lord establishes his steps. Now, folks, that's grace. Why do you say that's grace, George? Because your heart, remember I told you, your heart, you're already making plans. You've already made plans for this week. You've made plans for the future. You've made plans. You, you've set your plans. Now, the problem is that some of your plans are selfish. Some of your plans are for just you. They're not right. But here's what he says that I think is a word of grace. He said, but it's the Lord who what? establishes his way. You understand? The Lord established. So here's the point I want you to see. I want you to see that while our hearts devise plan, it's the Lord who establishes our steps. He's not going to give up on you. He, you're his child. He's trying to mold you, remember? He's trying, trying to guide you. So even though you've, you've made these plans, in his grace, he still works. In fact, here, go back to Psalm 37. If you look at verses 23 and 24, my favorite two verses, here's what he says. The steps of a man are established by the Lord. He just said that in Proverbs, right? Here's what he says. Which he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Here's what I want you to see. God's grace, God extends grace even as we allow our hearts to, to lead us in the wrong way. So yeah, you've got this heart and it's making its plans, it's got its desires and you're heading for them. God is establishing your steps and even though your heart is leading you in the wrong way, he extends grace. What? Because he what? Upholds you with his hand. He doesn't let you fall completely away. He gives you grace. So then, okay, let's get to it then, all right? This is where we're going to spend the rest of our time. How do I align my heart with him and see the fulfillment of that verse? What verse? Verse 4. Verse 4, if you remember, what does it say? Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Wait, wait a minute now, George. That's not going to be possible because you just said my heart is messed up. It's wicked. And he's going to say no. So is the answer always no to that? But he says he gives me the desires of my heart. How do I get there? How do I align my heart with him? And I think this is where we're I want to bring this to you today. How do I align my heart with him? How do I, how do I get me, George, and the desires of my heart, how do I align them with what is right with God? And so I just want to point out two things to you here. First of all, the key to aligning our hearts is the depth of your relationship with the Lord. The key to aligning your heart and then ultimately seeing the fulfillment of his promise to give you the desires of your heart is aligning and getting deeper in your relationship with God. What do you mean? Okay, so let me use marriage as an example. Okay, so Lori and I have been married for over 30 years. And uh, th June was 30 years. 
So before that, I knew her uh, for two years before that, and in the year before that, we dated a lot. So, okay, here's, here's what happens in a marriage relationship. When you connect with people, especially, especially when you enter into that relationship new, you, you will find that the things that you want to do are, are not necessarily what you want to do. They're, they are what the other person wants. Because you just want to spend time with them. Do, 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 do you know what I mean? What, what happens later when you get married is, is that all of a sudden you become selfish more, more selfish again. And so then you start pushing your agenda. And then what happens? Marital conflict, right? Because now it's not about the other person, it's about you and what you want. You're not considering the other person anymore. So when you talk about the relationship with the Lord, when you and I grow deeper in our relationship with the Lord, which, by the way, prayer is more than just asking God for things. Prayer is communicating with him on an ongoing basis, telling him, God, I'm frustrated today. God, I'm, I'm frustrated today. This happened today. This guy said this. I don't know how to react to this. And, and I'm, I'm hurt here. I'm, I'm offended. God, I also need your help in this area. You communicate with him on an ongoing basis. You also talk with him about the things that he's showing you in his word. Yes, Lord, I know. I'm struggling with this attitude. Can you help me here? And, and so, like, for instance, you take that verse where he says, pray without ceasing. It's not that you're in one continual prayer meeting. It's that you're having an ongoing relationship with the Lord throughout the day. You're talking with him like he's there with you. That's intimacy. And the deeper you are in your relationship with him, then you're going to see there's a change in the things that you talk to him about the things that you ask from him about. Again, I'll give you another example. I'll talk about a parent-child. Growing up in a home, I had two parents. There were things that I knew I could ask of them. I would go to my mom and dad, and I would ask of things. But usually, it was the things that I would ask would always be in the framework of my relationship with them. I knew what they would approve of. I knew what they wouldn't approve of. I knew what they would consider. I knew what they wouldn't consider. So when I framed what I asked, I always asked with reference to that relationship. Do you understand? Why do you think he says in some of the promise, whatsoever you ask in my name, I will give you? That's not an incantation in Jesus' name, so therefore I get it. No, no. In his name, that's a reflection of who he is in his character. I'm asking with reference to who he is. And you're only going to know that by what? By connecting with him. So there were things that I would never ask my parents about. Because I know it wasn't reflective of who they were or their approval. Do you understand? It's the same thing. When I connect with him in my relationship, then I align my desires of my heart to him. Do you understand? So while I may desire a new truck, 
which I'm always talking about that, so you guys know I'm, I'm like a truck, right? But I don't ask him for it because that's just my selfishness. Do you understand? I don't go to him about that. So the key to aligning our hearts is the depth of our relationship with the Lord. So here's what happens. When our desires are aligned with the relationship, the promise is sure. So when our hearts are aligned, so when I, when I am in that connection with the Lord in my relationship with him, and I begin to understand who he is and what he wants. Now, how do I know that? Because in my relationship, I'm going to be, I'm going to be reading, I'm going to be having him speak to me from his word. So when I read his word, what do I know? I know his ways, I know who he is, I know what he desires, I know what he wants, I know what he disapproves of. I know the things that he, don't, he doesn't like. And I especially know what they are with regards to my own life, because some of the times the hardest thing about reading the Word is not just I'm getting encouragement, but he's also revealing things about me that aren't good, right? Or what's wrong with my heart. But see, here's the thing. So when my desires align with him, then I know that, yes, his Word will be fulfilled. So let's go back. Let's test it. Let's go back to that verse. Let's go back to verse 4. Here's what he says. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, again, we like to focus on the second part of the verse. But there's the first part. What's the first part, folks? What is it? Delight yourself in the Lord. So what does that mean? How do I delight myself in the Lord? Spend time with him. Interact with him. Enjoy him. Do what you can to be with him. And what happens then? What happens then is as I'm spending time with my heart aligns with his heart. My desires align with what he wants. So then what am I doing? I'm asking God, fulfill those desires. And what does he say? He'll give you the desires of your heart. So, okay, what do we do with this, church? How do we wrap this up? Where do we go? Okay, here's what I want you to do. Because we've been, we have been focusing on prayer. Okay? So I want to encourage you with some things here. Okay? Because some of the things we've been praying about. Think about what we've been focused on in our prayer focus over the last month. Okay? One of the things that we focused on, which we prayed about last week, was praying for people that we know who don't know Jesus. Right? And so some of you, I shouldn't even say some. All of you have people that you love who don't know Jesus and you want them to know Jesus, right? But some of you have given up on prayer. Some of you have given up praying for them because you're like, is it, is it really worth it? Is it really worth it? 
Do you hear me, Lord? Are you going to answer that prayer? But if you align yourself with God's heart, what do we know about God's heart? He's willing that what? None should perish, right? He does not take delight in the destruction of the wicked, the Old Testament says. So you keep praying. Why? You keep going to the Lord and talking to them about the loved one that you care for, that you desire for them to come to the Lord. You delight yourself in Him. And who knows what will happen? You know, I'm reminded of the great saint who's now dead. He was George Mueller. And George Mueller was a man who prayed a lot. And there's a lot of books about George Mueller's prayer life and about his prayers. One of the things that George Mueller prayed about throughout his life, he had a list of men that he prayed for their salvation. And when George Mueller went to be home to be with the Lord, there was only one name left on that list who had not come to the Lord. But the interesting thing is it was a few years later after Mueller's death that that person came to the Lord. Does God answer prayer? Yeah. Was that God's desire? Yes. So you keep praying. Just because you're not getting an answer, then maybe you need to examine what are you praying? Is it right? Then how do I make sure that it is right? Connect with him. Talk about it with him. Let him show you. But the thing is, is you've got to connect with the Lord. You've, you've got to get in that relationship with him. So many of us think, well, you know, as long as I come to church and if I just throw up a prayer every once in a while, everything's going to be okay. If that's your Christianity, it's nothing. Christianity isn't just coming to a service. Christianity isn't just reading the Bible. Christianity isn't just offering prayers. Christianity, the reason why Jesus went to the cross, the reason why he was born in a manger and then ultimately go to a cross, is so that you could have, once again, a relationship with God. The first question of the catechism, what is the chief end of man? To glorify God, and here's the other part, enjoy him forever. Have you enjoyed God lately? Meaning, have you connected with him and enjoyed the time with him? I think when we begin to delight ourselves, then the scripture comes alive to us because then the things we pray about are in line with what he wants. And guess what? He'll give them to us. Why? So that he's glorified, John says. Thereby is my father glorified that you what? Bear much fruit. So don't, don't be defeated in your prayer life. In fact, I would say this, if you're defeated in your prayer life and you find prayer something that's not easy because you've been disappointed one too many times, I think you need to start over. And don't start with the request. Start with the one you're praying with. And say, Lord, I need to get to know you better. I know you want to know me. So let's do this. 
Some of you need to do it. And connect with the one who loves you. And then let God bless you because of it. Let me pray for you.